Hello and welcome back to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Today we're talking about uranium development in Canada, and I've great pleasure to be joined by Russ Mepovoy, President and CEO of Fish and Uranium. Good afternoon, Russ. Good afternoon, Paul. Great to be here with you. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It's, it's been a while since we last spoke, and it's been a, a very busy year and, and a, a landmark year in many ways for fishing. So um, to start the conversation, I want to take us all the way back to January when you put out uh, the feasibility study on your PLS project in the Athabasca Basin in Saskatchewan. Um, £90.9 million a year of uranium U308 production, um, an initial capital cost of £1.2 Canadian, and uh, many other metrics that we could uh, talk about as well. Um, using that as a starting point, you, um, Ross, were you happy with that? And how, how important was that as a milestone for the company? Yeah, I, th- I mean, we're very happy with it. We, um, you know, after, when we um, completed the feasibility study, we realized that the the project itself was very, very robust. The economics were, um, you know, extremely encouraging for us. And by the way, I'll say we were using a, uh, a forward-looking uh, uranium price of $65 a pound and that was just uh, what eight or nine months ago, and we're already uh, past that mark now. Uranium's trading uh, on the spot markets at seventy dollars a pound, so it certainly looked like a what we thought was a forward-looking number for you know going out several years is already um, you know uh, a conservative number by far. But yes, the economics look uh, really well based on our. $65 uranium as, as a base case. You know, we were um, looking at, uh, you know, overall having an, an after-tax uh, NPV of about $1.2 billion Canadian and an IRR after-tax 27.2%. Uh, um, really, I think the keys here is that we're demonstrating that this will be a very, very low-cost operator uh, under $10 a pound operating cost. When you add in all in sustaining costs, everything there, we're uh, just under $14 US a pound. So, you know, extremely uh, robust project. And now it really, for us, it's it's basically moving the, the project forward through the, um, through the advanced permitting stages and uh, getting it in a position to be ready to be a producing asset um, by the latter part of this decade. Thank you, Ross. Now, um, that was January. So what have been the main focal points of your work since then? So I think the the keys on the operation side have really um, been, well, moving uh, now that the feasibility is done, it's it's doing the the front-end engineering design, and then transitioning into detailed engineering. So basically taking what we learned in the feasibility study, putting all the details towards that into what we will actually build. And, um, you know, and then finally with the detailed engineering, those would essentially be the stamp drawings that, that, uh, that are part of the construction package. So it's been very, very uh, busy and, um, aggressive we'll say in 2023 moving moving ourselves onwards and working in parallel with that would be all the steps required on the permitting side so 
Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, it is a little bit more complicated in the uranium business. There's no question about it. Um, we uh, have already filed our environmental assessment. In fact, we, or, I guess, kick-started the environmental assessment off in the um, uh, in December 2021. And and with with that, we're you know we'll be. Uh, basically working with the province of Saskatchewan for the environmental impact study and also working with the federal government, the CNSC, which has an overall role of uh, licensing a uranium mine in Canada. So there's really the the federal and provincial groups that we uh, are working with and we're well into the process there. overall looking to have approvals on this project to be able to begin construction sometime by mid to late 2025 is when we would expect to have that in place and then construction uh, to follow. Thank you. Well, the Athabasca Basin's got uh, several producing uranium mines, so I imagine the provincial authorities, the federal authorities, they've, they've got a lot of experience of looking at the, the projects, permitting mines. You know, they know the things that they really have to pay attention to and the, the sort of various mitigations and other aspects. So uh, how would you anticipate, through your conversations with them to date, how do you anticipate the permitting process going? What, what are the, potentially the key sticking points that uh, may need more attention? Um, yeah, I think it, you know, you're right to point out the fact that there's been uranium mining in Canada and in Saskatchewan in particular for the last, um, what would it be, 70 years or more now at this point. So, you know, that dates back to the early 1950s. Um, so there is a, a long, continuous track record of, of, you know, putting mines into production and uh, moving them all the way through the full cycle. So it isn't anything new, um, but it is, uh, you know, there's a lot of steps to it. And I think key for us is having a team that has actually put mines into production, uranium mines into into production. And, you know, the the breadth of experience in the uh, in-house uh, team that we put together. I mean, these are really the the people that have navigated these pathways before, and you know have built the relationships up with their uh, with the government counterparts on the other side. And and so, you know, I think that there's a great deal of experience. To me, if you didn't understand the process, it could easily trip you up. But uh, just knowing, um, you know, having people that have done it before. They understand every step that's required. They know who the contacts are in the government. They know exactly how to move these projects forward. And also, maybe key um, a key difference that probably wasn't emphasized as much in the in the past for putting uranium mines into production, and that's working at the at the social level with the indigenous um, uh, groups that working on on relationships with the people that actually live in the area um, and and getting their support also for the projects to move forward. The government wants to obviously see positive community um, uh, acceptance of, of, of projects like this and and understand so that's a whole another category of work that's ongoing um, and in which we have great uh, you know depth of experience in, in our in our group too, and a lot of respect for the uh, for the local people that we live with. So you're really working 
on the environment side, you're working on the um, the economics side, and you're working at the social uh, the social licensing side of everything as well. And they're all three of those avenues are key. They're always ongoing, and those will be um, all the steps we take to get us to the production decision and and onwards. Okay. Well, almost a month ago, you announced some new sort of key hires or some additions to your team, which uh, included community liaison health and safety, in addition to mining engineering, project manager, um, processing manager kind of roles. Uh, have you pretty much got the team you need now, or are you still looking to add more people? Uh, we have all the key members in place now. So all the, you know, the departments that, that are required for us to... Um, to be able to move this project forward successfully through the development stage and to start you know, the building part and building the relationships with, with the people. Every one of those positions is in place and with, uh, you know, headed by um, people that have a great deal of experience and I think some of the best in the business. So yeah, I think our, our team is pretty complete for, for the, the state that we're at right now on project development um, and we even recently opened an office in Saskatoon uh, where everybody is you know on, on the operation side is, is actually located so that puts you know puts a whole working group together under one roof and um, yeah I, I think we're in, in very good shape Paul to, to carry this forward. Thank you and another Recent piece of news, you, you did a fundraise, which uh, at first glance was perhaps a bit surprising given that um, you ended the June quarter with, uh, I think it was 46 million Canadian in cash, but you've just done an, an 8 million uh, bought deal financing. But uh, when you actually read the, the news release, that's uh, specifically for exploration. So wh- why did you choose to raise new money for exploration rather than dip into the cash you already had? Yeah, you know... First of all, the cash that we have in the treasury is really all earmarked for the project development phase to get us through the the detailed engineering, or sorry, the, the front end engineering and the detailed engineering and all the permitting work and the, the social work that we, that we have in front of us. Um, that was pretty much all spoken for by the, uh, you know, by the, the current treasury. So um, what we recently, you know, built up our exploration team again and bringing back the, you know, the true experts that, that helped us to make these, our discoveries in the past, um, uh, bringing them on. And so we've, you know, been able to tap into the Canadian flow-through market, um, which is a, you know, a source of funding that, that really encourages exploration work. That, um, you, you know, it's, a, it's very straightforward. It, it's, it allows us to raise money at higher prices, um, which is basically a lot less dilution than might otherwise uh, be required. And so, you know, that, um, that money that we, that we um, announced this morning is $8 million. And yes, that'll all be earmarked towards expiration in 2024. So we're extremely excited to, uh, you know, kick off our, our expiration um, activities again. I mean, it's been a number of years. It's probably been... Uh, you know, five or six years since we've truly done any um, regional exploration on this property, and yet the potential uh, for new discoveries uh, on PLS is, uh, I think, very, very high. You know, this is some of the best ground anywhere in the Athabasca Basin. So, yeah, that was really the point of, of raising that money um, that, that we just announced this morning. Thank you, Russ. Now, um, you, you mentioned earlier in your comments that uh, the, the price for uranium has increased since you 
put out your feasibility study at the start of the year. It's been um, a, a much better year for uranium in, in many ways. Um, talk us through how you think the, the uranium sector has developed this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we've been calling this for quite some time that, um, you know, with the understanding that uranium is quite volatile when it starts to move, it can move quickly. And I guess the, you know, the the price moves even just over the last month or two have really highlighted the fact that, uh, you know, the commodity uh, can move up quickly. I think the the foundations for it to move up, I think, have been very, very sound. Um, I don't think we're in any kind of a uranium price bubble whatsoever. I think the, uh, you know, the whole supply-demand equation has been very obvious uh, with supply being the the hard part there. Demand is is absolutely uh, key. It's growing. Uh, There's an acceptance of nuclear that there hasn't been, um, you know, previously in in, in realizing, you know, it being a powerful, clean, green energy. Um, And, you know, with the poor uranium markets that we've had ever since 2011, there really hasn't been hardly any exploration and very, very, very little development uh, projects. And now all of a sudden, those are starting to become key. People are recognizing that we have to get new uranium uh, to the market. And uh, so I think that the, the foundations for the price increase are, are in for the long term. So, you know, we're quite happy. We've actually, as I said, been calling this for a while. But, um, you know, now we seem to be uh, in that in that cycle where the, where the price is increasing. And it seems to be uh, going up at a, at a fairly rapid rate. And, you know, I, I don't see the end of it anytime soon. In fact, I would say that the incentive price to bring on most mines worldwide, we're probably talking $100 a pound, uh, maybe maybe more. So you can see where the, uh, the price is probably going and uh, will probably go higher than that. Okay. Now, in your presentation, you talk about a, a nuclear renaissance, and obviously your comments just there sort of reflect in that as well. But how, how do you see the nuclear renaissance manifesting itself? Well, you know, as I say, the, the acceptance of nuclear as, as part of the clean, green energy, you know, climate change is, is obviously something that uh, countries around the world are really grappling with. That's the first order of business. And I think that's what really started to kick the uranium price up in the, uh, the fall of 2020, early 2021 was you know the recognition that that climate change is something we have to deal with and and how's that going to how do we get off the fossil fuel train and yet still keep base load energy well that's nuclear what we've seen over the last year and a half is more of the geopolitical tensions at at play um with uh you know understanding that the majority of uranium is is you know whether it be is a primary source coming out of kazakhstan or refined uranium coming out of Russia, um, you know, in, in today's geopolitical world, you know, that's becoming more and more difficult for Western utilities to access uh, uranium for. And I think it's really putting a spotlight and the pressure on North America to be able to ramp up and be the uh, the prime supplier of uranium. And that's, uh, you know, so I think there's there's some of the pressure in there too that that's causing a, a foundational shift. But you know, I think we're sitting very, very well. Our project is located in North America. We're in Canada. 
a, a tier one jurisdiction in the province of Saskatchewan, and we're blessed with having the highest grade and best highest quality, some of the lowest cost operating uh, uranium mines in the world. So, you know, we can we can step up and meet that uh, demand and challenge. But yeah, I think that the the whole sector just seems to be in a real growth phase, and that's really there was, well, as I say, dealing with climate change, but also the electric, sorry, the electrification of absolutely everything. You know, it's really uh, generating electricity and doing so cleanly. It's just the way the um, you know the uh, the whole industry, the whole world uh, is is moving, and, and nuclear plays such a key role in that. Well, let's talk a little bit about project financing, if I may. And I appreciate that it may be a little bit uh, in the future, given that uh, you're perhaps in sort of permitting for three years. But uh, I imagine you're starting to think about um, how that may well shape up. Your current market capitalization is, uh, what, $650 million Canadian. You've got a $1.2 billion project to build. Um, you said the incentive price is $100 per pound. Um, you've got a, an all-in sustaining cost of under $20 per pound. So um, even at current prices of $70, you've got a you know pretty interesting margin there. But um, you know, w- what are your thoughts? Um, will, will you sort of hold out for that until the market's at that $100 per pound? Uh, do you see the ability to come on um, and finance before it gets there? Um, lots of what-if questions. Yeah. No, I mean, these are really good questions, but our incentive price is not what the global incentive price is. You know, uh, as we've demonstrated in the feasibility study, even at $65 uh, a pound uranium, this is a real um, cash cow operation and, and high margins because, as, as noted, um, extremely low operating costs. So we're, um, we're already in a position, the price of uranium if we were in production right now, this would be an absolutely beautiful operation. We think the price is going to continue higher and that ultimately we'll be able to realize much higher uranium prices when we do get to the point where we're selling to utilities. Now, um, you're right on the on the mine financing side of, of the equation. Um, it's still a little bit early. You know, we're not looking for project financing for... You know, the two to three uh, year phase from where we're at right now, maybe two and a half years out. But um, it takes a long time to build these relationships. And so, you know, we've already started talking and, uh, you know, in- increasing our our Rolodex and our communication with, uh, you know, the key groups that we think can be there to help us. Um, you're right. Our market cap, I think, right these days is probably around 700 million Canadian um, I, you know, how do we see uh, project financing? I think there will be a certain portion of that equity, but it certainly won't be the dominant uh, part of the equation. I think there will, you know, we'll obviously be looking at uh, at various debt facilities to, which I think will, will be the lion's share of, of the money that we raise. Um, but you know, and, and there's, and I, we'll be very creative. I think in what we look at, there's always the traditional debt. There's uh, royalties, streams, um, you know, things of, of such manner that we could probably tap into. And, you know, we'll always um, keep options open, too, for strategic investors that uh, can help with this project as well. So, I mean, it's not a small amount. Raising $1.2 billion um, initial capex, um, that's not small at all. And we appreciate the, you know, the, the significant amount that that, that, that is. But we, I think, with the healthy economics that we've demonstrated, I think it'll be 
uh, you know, very straightforward to be able to attract the kind of capital needed on this project. Um, and, you know, we've also shown that once in operation, the margins are high and we should be able to have payback uh, within two and a half years. So it's, it is attractive, but yes, I am uh, having more and more conversations with, uh, with people that can help us in the, um, in, in the project uh, finance uh, side of the equation. Given that um, nuclear has a low carbon footprint and, you know, taking into account your comments about the electrification of everything, do you see the possibility of there being sort of green finance, green bonds, that kind of thing at a, a slightly, you know, lower interest rates available to you? Well, I, th- I think it probably will be. You know, uranium has been recognized as one of the critical minerals. And, um, you know, and, and what does that mean? It, it, you know, I think the governments are going to stand behind uh, promoting these, you know, the development of, of such uh, such minerals. Um, you can see the U.S. has taken a, a, a key role in there, and they've already started talking to the the producers, the you know, the U.S. producers, the um, you know, and giving them incentivized prices of uranium so that they can actually uh, get into the swing and start uh, contributing contribution. I, I think Canada. You know, the government of Canada will also provide, you know, different tax incentives in order to develop uh, critical minerals. Um, and, you know, and I, I also see us being the most important trading partner uh, with, with the United States and, and also the, the most significant uranium, uh, potential uranium supplier as well. So, yeah, I, I think that there will be a lot of encouragement for, pro- for project development by the, the governments. Um, I think we're at the early stages of this, but the fact that it's recognized as a critical mineral, um, you know, by all levels of government here, the Canadian government sees that, I think they'll be quite supportive of, of projects. And we'll see what kind of incentives that they, they do bring out over the next uh, few years. But, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see more and more emphasis on, on moving these projects forward. Well, I think there's going to be continued focus on the uranium space and, by default, the nuclear space. Fission Uranium trades on the TSX under FCU and on the OTCQX under FCUUF. Ross McElroy, President and CEO, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Paul. And that's all from me, Paul Harris. Stay tuned for more from Mining Stock Daily. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.